All right, well, this morning we want to shift, and I want to, we're kind of a family time for us just to share what's going on in the life uh, of Vintage, but really what's going on in the life of the Hambricks, and to share some things with you. Uh, we want to take, Randall, I want to take time this morning to share about a very clear leading that we feel from the Lord in this season around Randall's roles and responsibilities at Vintage 242. As most of you know, Randall and I planted Vintage 14 years ago, and we have poured every ounce of our heart and every ounce of our soul into the church, its ministry, and most importantly, into you guys as the people of Vintage. And it really has been an honor and a privilege. And for Randall specifically, if you know her, you know she carries the weight and responsibility of Vintage very, very personally and very close to her. She wants us to succeed. She wants it to thrive. And she feels that responsibility in the deepest part of her being. Because of that, she has worked and continues to work tirelessly to invest into, to help grow Vintage. When people leave positions and roles are left with no one to fill them, she is one of the primary people who steps up and she picks up those roles. She jumps in and she fills the hole. But this load has left her with little margin. She does have, I recognize this as her husband, an astonishing capacity to do lots of things in life. And she ends up pushing in those moments at an unreasonable pace. Like many people who were committed to cause or to a movement, she has gotten out of a healthy rhythm in life. And so with that in mind, through much prayer, ongoing conversation between us and trusted friends, our staff, our, leader, our leadership team, and then trusted confidants, Randall will be stepping back from and releasing all responsibilities at Vintage for the next six months, starting August 1st. And that may be a shock to some of you, but this is something that she heard clearly from the Lord. We, we've heard clearly from the Lord together. We've heard multiple confirmations to the point that we know that this is what the Lord is calling her to. And although she has some fear in doing this, which is primarily why I'm communicating this this morning, we, she believes that God is going to honor this time in her life to bring new and clear vision to what she is called to give her time to. During that time in the six months, Randall will unplug. She will rest, she will seek Jesus for vision, seek Jesus for herself, and heal. Now, for me, when I look at this, the healing part is key, as a husband who watches her every day. Ministry is not for the faint of heart. Ministry is very, very difficult, and for Randall, because she works so hard, she has not done a great job making time over the last 14 years to work through and process the multiple ministry wounds that she has experienced. Instead, like a good soldier, she's pulled her bootstraps up, she's pushed hurt to the side, and she's pressed on for the sake of ministry and for her love that she has for all of you. And now God is leading her and wants her to slow down, to take a deep breath, orient her heart fully towards him, and move towards God and the freedom that he has for her. And I, for one, I know with most of and all of you probably, celebrate her and the decision that she's making. Her stated goal for this time is clear. Reconnect deeply with God 
and who he created her to be. For her, she would say, I want this to be a model for all of you, whether you're in these places and getting out of rhythm and watching her, that she would want you to slow down, to reconnect deeply with God and with who God created you to be. For those who have shared with us in the process, everyone has been supportive. Again, our friends, our ministry teams, our ministry staff, our leadership team, uh, our trusted confidant and peers in ministry that we've talked to and all our mentors. And all these conversations with those who know her best, they see God's leading and direction and have wholeheartedly given their support. And that, honestly, for us, that's been priceless to know that people are with us in this. In this season, we are trusting that God will care for the Hambricks and that he will care for Vintage and her stepping out. On a real personal level, as I've prayed into this, what I've sensed from God is clear, and I want you to hear this phrase. There's kingdom economy teaches us that blessing always follows obedience. Now, we don't obey, we don't obey so that God will bless us, and that's the only reason that's very selfish and manipulative. But it is just a kingdom reality that when we take a step of obedience, God says thank you, and it opens up the door for grace to flow. It's the nature of blessing being poured out. And we sense in this season that God is going to pour out his blessing on every single person, us, all of us who will be impacted by her stepping out. God's blessing will be poured out because of obedience. With this in mind, for those who know Randall well, this will be hard. Someone say amen to that. It'll be very hard for her. It'll be a real true challenge. She likes to do. She likes to do for people. Someone once said that Randall's doing is birthed out of a love for the people that she is giving her life to. And I absolutely agree. In this sabbatical, the call is not to reap and to sow, to not pick up busyness, not to do, but to slow down, catch up to God's rhythm, and after the six months, to step back into God's plan for her life. And we ask, what we ask of you, and she'd ask of you is simple, just pray for her, pray for, pray for us, pray for her around her boundaries, and honor her boundaries and the decisions that she's making. As we'll talk about later, we would love for each of us to step up into these roles that, and these gaps that she's going, that her absence is going to create and begin to invest. With that in mind, Randall's going to share a couple of things. So I'll probably read a little. So this step I think will be super hard for me because. I love you guys like family, and so pulling away means not being around like my people, right? So I think it'll be really challenging, but I do feel like confirmation after confirmation is something I got to do, like for me to be healthy, right? And um, so um, part of me would like to keep things as they are because I love our people and my teams, but recognize for longevity the need to recenter and have sustainable, healthy rhythms. So instead of waking up and going to bed with to-do lists on my brain every single day, um, I want margin to be able to care for people and invest and do relationship. That's more important, right? So um, I'm looking to, to, I'm just asking the Lord for just restoration and wholeness. And so I feel like fully pulling away is really the only way I'll be able to do this. So 
I love y'all a lot, and I'm thankful for your prayers and grace and understanding. As I realize, I'm going to have to say no to basically everything for six months. So mostly I won't be here at any of this stuff, which will be terrible. Um, (laughs) um, So please just pray for the transition that I'll be able to just um, hear God better and and I just love you all. So thank you for that and know that I'll be cheering you on. Amen. All right. Why don't you go stay on the floor down there? So we're going to take some time. I'd like to invite just our staff that's here to come forward together around Randall, our leadership team that is present. You guys can come forward also. Uh, These are the ones who we've been processing with, the ones that we've been talking to, the ones that we have um, our leadership team coming alongside and blessing her. Just so you know, uh, do we get closer to August 1? We'll send out more details about what's happening with the ministry areas that she's leading and she's a part of, and who do we who do we report to, and who we call Randall for everything. Who do we call now, right? Those types of things, and so we will communicate that more in upcoming weeks. By the way, I like y'all calling me, just to be clear. Yes, and so uh, with that in mind, so we're going to take some time and pray for her. What I would love for y'all to do, if there's, so I want you to see this team of people, but if also I know there are lots of you who love her. But to come around her, we're just like, so if you want to get up and come down, and if you just want to get around Randall, support her. Well, I know there'll be a lot of people, so feel free just to kind of squeeze in. Um, But I'm going to, in a second, we're just going to pray for her. Kind of how we do vintage wise is that we say on one, two, three, y'all just begin to pray for her. If you want to pray out loud, you can. If you want to pray silently to yourself, that's fine. And then after about a minute or so, Liz is going to, part of our leadership team, Elizabeth Kosick, just at her announcement, she's going to pray and to close out this time. So on three, I just invite you to pray for Randall. One, two, three. Jesus, we just come and we just commission Randall, God, into this season, and we ask that you would be uh, just Lord of her life in this time, Father, as she surrenders all to you. Jesus, we know that you modeled healthy rhythms. You got in boats. You left. Um, You went across waters. You found stillness. You found uh, solitude. And God, we just pray that you would guide Randall in this season. We commission her like into the mission field, God. We commission her. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would rule and reign in her life, that you would guide her every step. God, I pray against pressure of any kind that would enter her mind, that even that this needs to be something. God, we pray that she would release the being and the doing of even the sabbatical, that she wouldn't feel she needs to sabbatical correctly or sabbatical well, that she would just release it all to you, God, and that it would just, she would literally just be. And God, whatever that looks like, I pray that you would give her just a blank slate season in all ways, God, and that you would be the author of that story. 
you alone, God. We pray that you would break down things that need to be broken down so that you can build back up what needs to be built up in her life according to your image, Jesus, and the image that you created her to be, her truest self, God, that you would work on just recreating that truest self in her, God, of who you created her to be at her making. God, we know, Lord, that there are wounds, and we pray for your healing, Jesus, that by your stripes she would be healed. We know that's emotional too, Jesus. And we just pray that you would just touch her in her deepest places, that you would literally sear up and heal wounds that have been um, created, Lord. We pray, Father, just for a releasing of your, your wholeness over her, God, that you would just um, just recreate her. God, we just release this to you. We release this time and this season. I pray, Father, against loneliness. I pray, God, that you would be just her true counselor, Holy Spirit. God, I just pray that you would just surround her with exactly what she needs each and every day and each and every step. And that then she would be able to come back emboldened and empowered and just walking confidently in who you've made her to be. Jesus, we just pray that you would just make this a life-changing season. That's what we want. God, just have your way. We pray for your will to be done in Randall's life on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Yeah, again, just encourage and ask that y'all just encourage Randall in this. And again, so many questions. But I just want to say I'm, as a husband, as a friend, I'm really proud of Randall. And I'm thankful for what's um, her step of obedience. Um, and I do encourage y'all to be in prayer. For those of you, this is your first time at Vintage. Uh, we don't normally do this, and just so you know. First time in 14 years. And um, so, uh, so thank you all for being here and uh, just being a part of this and then praying with us. Uh, and we're going to have a little family side, just a family conversation real quick. And we'll try to be done about 10, 15 after just so you can know what time to be prepared for. If you're one of those people who likes to know what's happening time-wise. But we want to talk just real quick uh, and, and chat about where we are at the church in light of everything we've talked about. A couple of weeks ago, if you remember, we actually talked about Mike and Julie Farley, who have been a part of Vintage for the last year. I had offered an associate pastor position to Mike. Farley, excuse me, Julie was doing uh, our student ministry coordinator jobs, working with our students, uh, and as of this past Thursday, they said yes to a lead pastor position in Amarillo, Texas, and I'm really angry about it, right? No, we are excited for them. Um, literally, you can talk to Mike, ask Mike, like, do you hate vintage? Is that why you're leaving? And he will absolutely say no, and Julie will probably tear up because they really do love vintage. It really is a calling for them. And so we celebrate that. And with Randall stepping out, we celebrate this step. But all these steps of obedience, we believe are leading to blessing, do lead us to a unique place, just throwing out some ways that I'm looking at this. Number one, beginning August 1st, we will lose 90 hours a week of man or human power that I thought as of spring that we would have in August. I don't know if you realize, but 90 hours in the life of vintage, and probably more than 90 hours because y'all all know Randall works a little bit more than her 40 hours of the week, right? 
that in that we're losing a lot of manpower, a lot of hours. And so sometimes, like, I'm, I'm really faith, trust God faithfully that he is faithful in this. And there's times I freak out, right? That's just my human side. And so all of us feel that way, recognizing what's this time going to look like with these really key and integral people stepping out. I begin to pray and just say, God, I need you. We need you to show up. And that really is where we are. But in this season, it's also a really unique time for us. It's a big loss, but it's also an opportunity. Now, I'm not just saying that with my positivity and my positive spin. It's just a reality that when, when things happen, then there's this opportunity for people to step up. And step up is a really important word. It really is kind of the focus of what this morning is about, right? As a church family, that we have an opportunity to step up, to pray and to believe and to fight for vintage, to fight for our family and fight for those that we love. So with that, a couple of invitations. First, uh, we are, I'm just going to invite you to all of these things. First, we are praying that God brings the right people for the staffing positions that we're hiring for. If you're not praying for that, I would ask that you would start praying, that God would bring the right people for, to be our, for our student director, the right, right person for student ministry coordinator now with Julie stepping out, that God would bring the right person to step into our associate pastor position, to step into working with our children, our preschool in the village, They've got to raise up these people. Second, we are praying that God calls people in the body to step into greater roles of investment and ownership. That you, that you would say, God, what do you have for me? God, how would you have me step up in this season? Third, we're asking God for his grace and ability to, and this is really, really important. This is more of like a prophetic statement than anything else we're hearing from the Lord in this season. We're asking God for his grace and ability in us to engage deeper levels of unity. Everybody say unity for me. We are fighting against disunity. The enemy comes to kill, to kill, to kill, to steal and destroy, right? And we recognize in this season that our primary offensive weapon is prayer and fighting for unity. We're going to get this deeper in a second. And leads to the fourth piece. We're asking for grace in this season for us. Things will probably fall through the cracks because very practically, that's what Randall does best. She makes things sure things don't fall through the cracks. That's what she's probably in the most holistic way at Vintage. She's been the glue that's really kept everything together and kept things from falling through the cracks. And so I'm interested to see what happens with her stepping out and to see the gaps that we have to fill. So even as it relates to like roles to step into or places to invest, some of those we won't know yet until we actually see what she was holding up that we were unaware of. So with that in mind, I do want to look just again for the next eight to ten minutes. I want to look at some of Paul's words from Ephesus or excuse me, Ephesians chapter four, his letter to the church at Ephesus. In chapter four, Paul transitions his thinking. If you've read through Ephesians, chapter one through three are all about being empowered by God's spirit, the work of God's spirit, the movement of God's spirit, the grace of God's spirit being poured out upon the church for the works, uh, for this, for the idea of recognizing you can't produce power. You can't do things in your own strength. And then he sums up in chapter three, verse 20 this way. This is kind of a summation of all three chapters. He says, now, 
After I've said all of these things, now at this moment, to him who is able, talking about Jesus, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be the glory in the church. What Paul is coming and saying, now listen, we want to look to Jesus. He's the one who's able to do immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine. You can't do immeasurably more. I can't do immeasurably more. But Jesus is able to do immeasurably more, and he has put his power within us to do the immeasurably more. That's the point. If you take away anything this morning, I want you to hear me say, God has empowered you. We've talked about it for the last six to eight weeks to do immeasurably more than you could ever dream or imagine for the sake of God's kingdom and in the lives of people that you're around, right? We have been called in chapter four through six, then is God calling you to do things? He's calling you to action. And we're going to look at that here in a second. But the idea is this. Everything that you have been called, they've been called to do, is something they were, they were empowered to do, that we now have been empowered to do the Spirit of God within them and with us. And today is no different. We are empowered. We are called to service. And as we pause this morning, I want to begin by saying this. We are asking God to move in our midst. We're asking God to bring people. and We're asking God to awaken in each of us a place of deeper investment in the life of the body. Now, before Paul jumps in in chapter 4, verses 7 through 13, talking about this idea of equipping and the roles that we're doing, he lays out this model of what your life is to look like in the life of the leaders. He says, now, before we talk about doing anything, these are the markers that are to define your life. As I name them in verses 1, listen, as I name them through verses 1 through 3, I'm just going to literally read them because you don't have to teach these. They just make sense when you read them. They're common sense. You read them and they're clear. They're, un, they're clear understanding. I want you to begin to say, that's great that Paul led them to that, but now God is leading us to this. God is leading us to this type of lifestyle, this type of, of, of persona about who we are. This is what he's calling us to. Verse 1, none is on the screen this morning because I've been processing this all week. So just forgive me, but if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4, looking at verse 1, Paul says to them, now says to us, walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling. The calling is our call to follow Jesus. Listen, not rocket science. You know what it looks like and what it feels like when you're walking in a manner worthy and when you are not. I don't have to unpack that for you. I don't have to read some long list of terrible sins for you to understand what I'm talking about. No, what we're talking about is this. You know what it means to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have now to relationship with Jesus. So he says to them, says to us, check your life. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Second, he says in verse 2, now that manner, what does it look like? It means you walk in humility and gentleness with patience bearing with one another in love. If there is a verse that I think needs to be screamed from the rooftops in our culture today, it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. What's the manner we're to walk in? We are to walk in humility and with gentleness, with patience, 
and to bear with one another. Listen, I love that Paul said bear with one another because what he's basically saying is everyone in your life is going to annoy you. And you're going to just bear with it. That's what he's saying. That's the phrase. It's common sense. It's not hard to understand. Can someone just raise your hand if you've been annoyed by another human being this week and they're in extreme incompetence, right? You've got to bear with one another. I'll name some of y'all I thought that way about. I'm just kidding, right? No, man, walk in, listen, walk in a humility and gentleness. The idea is saying in every single one of your relationships, the people you're receiving from and who you're about to invest into. Sorry, this thing's falling. I'm going to fix this real quick. I forgot to clip this. Now, I want you to hear how loud my voice is. I want you to walk in humility. Paul's saying, listen. In the way that you do life with people that you're in relationship with, that you're receiving from, and the way that you are then giving your life away, I want you to be walk in humility with gentleness and patience and bear with one another in love. Why? Verse 3, and be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Churches, unfortunately, in our culture, are primarily known for moral failures and for schisms and divisions, and they are the moving and the power of God's Spirit. It's just a reality. If we will pray, if we will engage and walk in a manner worthy of the calling and humility, gentleness, patience, and bearing with one another, not choosing to pick up a fence, not picking up stones very easily to throw at people, and we're eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of the spirit of peace that's within us, vintage will be the exception. We will be a city on a hill, and we will be a light in darkness. And I want you to hear me say that responsibility lies with you. Jesus has already done his complete part. He's already empowered you. He's already given you his spirit. He's already given you everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness through your knowledge of Jesus, according to 2 Peter 1.3. It's on you. It's on you to put your stones down. It's on me to put my stones down. It's on me to bear with one another, with every single one of you, in love, to show patience, humility, and gentleness, and to pursue unity. Why? Because verse 4, there's only one body, so this is the body we do it with. Which leads to verses 7 through 13. I'm going to go through this quick. Again, it's not on the screen, so I apologize if you have your Bibles or your your phone, it can read along if you want to, but I could just read slow enough you can pick it up. But to each one of us, he comes as now, this is the life that you're living now. Now I want you to know to each of you, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Press pause. What this means is this. God looks at you, so Anna Catherine's sitting right here, and he says, I am I am pouring myself out upon her. What did she do to earn it, Steve? Absolutely nothing. It's grace. So in each of us, grace has been poured out. Ability, God's blessing in your life, right? Grace has been poured out. Verse 8, 
This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Then we have probably the most debated scripture, two verses, and all the Bible don't make any sense. And so I'll read them, but I'm not going to focus on them. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Pick it back up in his thought, verse 11. Now it's kind of like a squirrel, right? Verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets the evangelists, the pastors. It was intentional, right? But it was still a squirrel moment because he comes back to this. So Christ gave himself, gave himself, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The heartbeat is verses from calling in Paul is verse 12. What's the heartbeat? Verse 12, to equip God's people for works of service. You have been empowered. Grace has been given. Gifts have been given. Why? What's the purpose of your life? To equip God's people for the works of service. That's the foundational verse for all of this. And in it, we see in verse 7 and 8, we're told to, that to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned. He gave gifts to his people, all these gifts, right? So the idea of grace, you've been, God has poured out grace. You haven't earned it. He's filled you. Now, the interesting thing real quick about grace is this, and this is really important. You're like, God, listen, Tom Trostine is so much, he just seemingly is better at everything. Here's the reality about God's grace. Sometimes he gives people grace to 10 level. Sometimes he gives grace to level five. And the idea is this. All he says is you just live out to the full measure of grace that you've been given. You might have grace to 10. You might have grace to five. If you do five out of five and you nine out of 10, you're the one who's walked in greatest obedience, right? This is the nature of how grace works. So you, you recognize the grace that's been given. You have been empowered. You have everything that you need. You're not weak. You're not incapable. You are not a nobody. Why? Because grace has been poured out. You didn't earn it. And to do immeasurably more than you could ever dream or imagine through the work of God's spirit. And then he says, in that grace, I've given you gifts. You know what gifts are. You receive gifts at Christmas and birthday for yourself. He's saying, I gave you gifts. You'll enjoy them, but they're for other people. I want you to use your gifts to what? Three, equip. So grace has been given with gifts to equip. So we're talking about in this season of, of people stepping up. Why? Because you've been graced with gifts to equip. Equipping is about building, about preparing. It's about investing energies, skills, and gifting for the purpose of growing someone or something. Here the someone is the whole body of Christ. Here, right here, is vintage. You're a part of this church family to use the grace given you with the gifts given to equip people. It's beautiful. There are, listen, the purpose of equipping is clear to grow others. Our lives and our gifts are not our own. And I love this, and I want you to see this. Second half of verse 12 into verse 13. What are the result of our effort, empowered by God's Spirit, to do the things that Jesus is called to with the grace and the gifts and the equipping? The body will be unified, and the body will become mature. 
Why aren't we mature as the people of God? You could come back and say it's because the people of God and the grace that they've been given and the gifts that have been bestowed are not using it to equip the saints around them and they're just holding it for themselves, right? Or for specific people or maybe just their nuclear family, right? None of this is talking about your nuclear family. That's just a call as a parent. This is a kingdom call of your life giving away to other people. They're separate. It's the same thing, but separate. You doing both at the same time. Really kingdom wise is you were to invite your children into the equipping so that you are a ministry family. That's what it looks like. Whole other conversation. Y'all, I don't know what your view of the church is, a place to come and see your friends, a place to get inspired in worship or in teaching, or a place to keep you centered in your spiritual life. Then these are bad, but they are incomplete. God has graced each of you, given you gifts for the purpose of building the body here and helping people reach their maturity in Christ. That is the reason God brought you here. It's why you're part of the vintage family. You are taking your grace and gifts to equip to because, because we need to be unified and we need to get mature. We are not unified enough. We're always growing towards that and we're never mature enough because there's always more of Christ's likeness we can grow into. We never reach it. We never attain it. We spend eternity learning from the inexhaustible Father of light who pours out his goodness and we'll spend eternity crying out, holy, holy, holy. I had no idea that was a truth about you. This is so good. I want to spend eternity with you filling me with the knowledge of your goodness and your beauty we never attain it so let's go after it here that's the point randall stepping out mike and julie are abandoning us (laughs) cracks are going to come up and you have you have a you have a worldly right to get frustrated And I'm saying, hey, with gentleness and with patience and humility, will you bear with one another? Will you be professionals at throw, just immediately throwing? Not even, don't even pick a stone up. Just look at it on the ground and say, I don't need you. God's the one who moves and brings judgment. I don't have to cast stones. My call is to love people, to show grace to offer to help because obviously Steve really struggles without his wife around. He can barely put his clothes on in the morning without Randall's help. This is the last thing I'll say, then I'm done. One of the stories that's always stuck with me uh, in regarding the church and regarding vintage is, is the story of Nehemiah. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but Jerusalem, Jerusalem's struggling. It's in ruins. Israel's been taken into captivity. They've taken the whole city and just temple floated it, right? It's a mess. God calls Nehemiah, who's working for the king, to go back and to build. And he goes back and he's like, it's overwhelming how much devastation there is. And he gets permission, takes back a bunch of people, and they begin to build, right? They begin to build. And in the beginning of building... All of a sudden, some people who are out here are unhappy about it. Go read the story. It's super easy to read and super fun. They get, they get mad. And they threaten to attack. Here's the point. In that threat, they then come together and they're freaking out a little bit. 
They're having that moment like, oh, where's God, right? And they pray, and God meets them, and they make a plan. The plan's real simple. It says everyone began to work, and in one hand they held their sword, and in the other hand they held their tool, and they just continued to build, and they waited for the cry of war. And they would throw their tool down and have their sword ready. And y'all, that's the season that we're in. Our primary weapon of warfare is prayer. We are in a season where God's saying, rebuild the foundation, become and be a people of prayer who go after praying about all the things that we're naming, praying for leadership, praying for our staff, praying for our kids, praying for our students, praying for the people you're sitting next to. I'd encourage you, if you don't know the person sitting next to you, ask them their name, write it down, say, I'll commit to pray for you this week, right? Just be a people of prayer. That's our weapon engaging in prayer, saying, God, we will not let go of you until you bring breakthrough. Like the persistent widow who would not stop. We have to be people who never give up in prayer. In prayer, We have to pray. You're like, I don't like prayer. That's okay. Jesus loves being with you and just say, God, I hate prayer. Make me better at it. And then do it. Pray, fight. And the second piece over here with the tool is now take what you have, the grace and the gifts, and say, God, how do you want me to use them to equip the body so they grow into maturity? Listen, if you're doing something, just say, God, do you have more for me? If you're doing nothing, hey, grace on you. Let's just start doing something. Super simple. If you're doing some, ask if you should do more. If you're not doing anything, just say, God, I want to do something. And begin just to listen as we start talking about ways to plug in, ways to get involved. But I would say this this morning, just start by praying. Let's go into a time of ministry this morning. Worship team can come. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, there are so many unknowns. And I thank you that you are the Lord of our knowns and our unknowns. That it's in our unknowns that you say, now that is the purpose of faith. It's the substance of things unseen, the essence of things not known. And we thank you, God, by faith, Lord, this morning we can come and trust that you are moving, that you're fighting for us. We say, God, come and have your way. We pray this in your name. We're officially done with service this morning. I was about 20 after, so ministry, but if ministry teams want to come, so here's the deal. How we end at Vintage is simple. We always invite you to respond. But in that, if you need to go, we invite you to do what you need to do and feel free to leave. We just always say, please pick up your kids. That would be important, right? Just grab them on their way out. If you're a first-time guest at Vintage, there's a table on the way out that you can come and get a gift, and we'd love to meet you. We have offering baskets available every Sunday. This is our expression, one of our, one of our expressions of worship. We just invite you to come and to give us the Lord leads. Every Sunday we have communion available to everyone to take it, not as some religious ritual, but as an understanding that every single time I take it, there is a fresh grace of God's Spirit poured out to understand the gospel, his life, his death, and his resurrection. So as you take it, I ask you to take it purposefully and intentionally and ask for God to move. In this week, just be in prayer. 
love on our people, love on Randall. Tell Mike and Julie how much you love them, how much you're going to miss them. Find our student leaders and just bless them today and tell them how thankful that you are for them. Let's pursue unity. Let's live a life worthy of the calling that we have in Christ. The manner that we've been called, let's live it. Let's choose humility. Let's choose grace. Let's choose compassion. And let's bear with one another and in doing so recognize as we are unified as a people, the world knows that Jesus is real. That's in the Bible. Let's do it. You respond to the Lord leads. You guys have a great week. You are officially able to release yourself when it's time for you to go. Have a great week.